The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show where we dive into technology, culture, social media, trends, and all the stuff that kids today are into. Some things you may know about, but fair warning, most you don't. So let's jump into your kid's secret life. I'm your guide through this crazy journey, Lisa Good. Now, keeping up with my New Year's resolution, let's kick this off with something funny. For Christmas, two teenagers talked their dad into buying their mom an iPhone. She had been using a flip phone for years, and she was content with that. Well, after using her new iPhone for a few weeks, she sent this text to one of her daughters. What does IDKLY and TTYL mean? She asked. Her oldest daughter replied and said, I don't know. Love you. Talk to you later. The mom replied, Okay, I will ask your sister. Yes, this is definitely a mom joke. However, if you told it to your kids, especially your teenagers, they would laugh. All right, let's jump into the news coming out of TikTok. They are introducing stricter privacy rules for their youngest users. From now on, all registered users ages 13 through 15 will have their accounts set to private by default. This means that those profiles won't be accessible to anyone that hasn't been explicitly approved. Yay! It's about time, right? But don't get too excited just yet. TikTok also said that users in this age group are losing the everyone comment setting and will now have to choose between friends or no one for their comments. I think that's awesome. Now the setting, suggest your account to others, will be switched to off by default for users 13 to 15. Now that's another move in the right direction, but let's be honest. If your kids want to bypass these new restrictions, all they have to do is create a new account and change their birthday because there is no birthday verification for TikTok or any of the other social media platforms. I will say they are doing more than Instagram and Snapchat combined. Now it could be because they've been caught harvesting kids data twice now and maybe they're just tired of handing over millions of dollars to the US government who keeps fining them. Now another change that may upset some of the younger TikTokers is that the duet and stitch options, similar to the retweet and video replay, will now be available only for users age 16 and over. And for users that are 16 and 17, the default setting will be set to friends. And finally, users will only be able to download videos created by users 16 and over. And for users ages 16 and 17, 
the default setting on whether they want to allow downloading of their videos will be set to off, which is another step in the right direction. But please don't think this means no one will be able to get your kids' videos. It just means that someone can't download them directly from TikTok. There will be other ways around this, like screen recording, screenshots, and other workarounds. I will say I think it's great that they're trying, but just a reminder, just because they've made some settings set to the default based on your age doesn't mean that your kids can't change it or create a new account to go around the rules. All right, if you've got kids that are gamers and are into VR, which is virtual reality, there's a new kid in town, well, kind of, when it comes to VR. You know, Facebook has kept the VR space dominated with their Oculus product for the past several years. There are a few others in the space, such as Sony PlayStation VR and the Value Index, but guess what? Apple has finally decided to throw its hat into the VR ring. And we all know that when Apple decides to jump into something, it does so with the mindset of complete domination. So hang on to your hats and your wallets because if your kids have an iPhone and a Mac, this is gonna be next on their must-have list. Now Apple's product isn't out yet, so there's still a lot of speculation, but I'll fill you in on what is known so far. The Apple virtual reality headset is still in production in their secret underground lab. Just joking, although I have heard from friends that live in California, it's actually like Fort Knox. It's said that Apple's product will be a niche product and will be groundbreaking like the iPhone was. Hmm, that's a pretty big boast. So let's take a look at what Apple is planning. Now keep in mind, this is all rumor, speculation, and leaked information. Some of it may be accurate, but in true Apple fashion, some of it may be hype. And before you brush me off as an Apple hater, let me tell you that I have an iPhone 11. I won't get a 12 because I can't get 5G where I live. I have a MacBook Pro and an Apple Watch. I'm three-fourths an Apple gal and one-fourth a PC gal. I am not an Apple hater by any stretch. Now that we've cleared that up, let's proceed. This Apple virtual reality device will display an all-encompassing 3D digital environment for gaming, watching video, and communicating. AR functionality, which is augmented reality, the ability to overlay images and information over a view of the real world will be more limited for the first rollout. Apple has planned to launch the product as soon as 2022. I'm guessing around Black Friday or possibly before that to capture the most market share. And they are going up, up against Facebook, their Oculus, Sony Corporation's PlayStation VR, and headsets from HTC Corporation. Now, before we talk about price, which you may wanna sit down to avoid a sticker shock fall, let's talk about the features. Again, please keep in mind that this is all speculation, rumors, and leaked information, which may or may not be true. The Apple VR headset is likely to be battery powered, which means that the Apple VR headset will be designed to work as a standalone device. This means it'll be similar to Facebook's latest VR product. 
It's going to have no wires to hold you down or to get tangled up in and will work with other products. Unlike Sony's current product, which requires you to have a PlayStation gaming console. Apple's VR headset will have a powerful processor. The rumor is that it will be more powerful than Apple's M1 chip that powers those super expensive Macs. Their headset will also have a fan, of course, to help cool down that powerful chip, external cameras for AR features, and a fabric exterior so your face feels pampered. Now, one of the coolest rumors right now is that Apple is working on a feature where a user can type virtually in the air to input text. Those of you who have seen Ready Player One, the movie, will know how cool this feature will be for your kids. The Apple Insider that leaked this did say that this feature is proving to be a challenge and that Apple isn't sure if this feature will be pushed out with the first version or if it will ever leave what is called the exploratory stage. But I'll tell you, that would be super cool if Apple can pull it off. Another interesting rumor is that the Apple VR system will have a feature that would allow prescription lenses to be inserted into the headset over the VR screens, thus accommodating for people with poor eyesight. That alone screams, this isn't for your 15 year old kids. This is for the adults in the room that want to have some really cool toys. It is said that Apple has been working on this new technology for quite a while and that COVID-19 has disrupted their development and rollout plans. Most of the hardware engineers are located in California. And of course, we all know that California has been on a long, perpetual, constant mandated lockdown since last March. An insider said that the engineers are only able to work certain days in the office and that the entire team can't be there at the same time, which has slowed down testing, collaboration, and data collection. Now I will say, one of the things that I do admire about Apple, at least for now, is that they don't roll out a product until they know with 90% certainty that it works and it's what people want which is why there are huge Apple fans that will stand in line for hours and pay some of the craziest prices for their products. I am not one of those, although I am an Apple fan. I think one of the issues that Apple is grappling with is that virtual reality content is currently limited to games. Most of the people that have the money to dish out for this product aren't rabid gamers. I'm not. And normally, Apple takes emerging consumer technology like phones, tablets, and watches and makes them super cool, reliable, and easy to use for everyone. However, that is not the playbook they are using for their VR product. Instead, Apple is building a high-end luxury product. Rumors have it that Apple's first VR headset will be far more expensive than those of its rivals which currently costs between 300 and 900 bucks. Now, some Apple insiders are saying that the company is planning on selling only one headset per day per retail store. Whoo! Apple has roughly 500 stores. That's an estimate of selling 180,000 of these yearly. Now, based on prior rollouts, that would put this product in the same price range as the almost $6,000 MacBook Pro desktop computer. Hoo-hoo! 
I can tell you right now, I'm not going to pay $6,000 for a pair of goggles, no matter how cool they are. Now, seriously, right now they look similar to Oakley ski goggles. Now, I'm not a gamer. I play occasionally with my kids. I can tell you that I'm sure as heck not going to purchase these for my 15-year-old daughter who plays games once a week for an hour or two. Just not going to happen. Sorry, Apple. Here is the interesting twist in this. Just like in real life, while everyone is watching the right hand, you should be looking at the left. In this case, everyone is watching the VR part. That's Apple's right hand. You should look at Apple's left hand. So last year, Apple acquired a company called Next VR, which recorded events such as concerts and sports games in virtual reality. Hmm, now we might be getting somewhere because people that are older do not want to risk going to events. But what if they could have a pair of Apple VR glasses and pay a monthly fee and attend concerts and other events and feel like they're actually there without leaving the comfort of their home? Hmm. So let me just give you my two cents of where I think this might go. Apple is going to create an amazing pair of VR glasses that your kids will be begging for. I'm sure that they will beat the socks off of Facebook's Oculus products. I think their long-term plan is to get the older generation, me included, into the fold by offering a pair of cool-looking VR AR glasses, not big and bulky, that'll let us experience what we're all missing. Concerts whether it is the opera, the symphony, or a country music show by your favorite artist, or the comedy club that we can't go to, or you fill in the blank for the favorite thing that you've been missing during this pandemic. Apple is looking at the psychology of where people are today and how the pandemic has changed a lot of people's views on travel. And let's be honest, a lot of those people would consider the price tag a small price to pay to have some semblance of normal life back. I mean, you could do tours of places over in Italy. There's all kind of things that Apple could do with this technology. So I'm not going to dismiss this and say it's just going to be for gamers. I don't think that's Apple's play. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with the next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Welcome back. Let's start with a joke. How does a computer get drunk? It takes screenshots. <laughs> okay, corny, I know, I know. That's the best I could do today. Well, if you or your kids use WhatsApp, you'll want to take note. In case you didn't know, Facebook purchased WhatsApp back in 2014. And in normal Facebook fashion, when they purchase a new company, part of the deal is that the purchase company gets to stay the way it was, including its terms and conditions, and how it runs for a certain period of time. Now, no one knows how long that time is. However, once that time is up, Facebook comes in 
and makes changes. These changes typically reflect why Facebook purchased the company to begin with. They also change the terms and conditions for use of their platform. You know, it's that box that you see occasionally from all social media companies when you go to log in that says, hey, we've updated our terms and conditions for use. In little bitty tiny print, it says something like, click here to review the new terms of service. And then there's a big box that says, I agree, or click here to continue. And what do most of us do? I'm guilty. We just click agree and continue on because we just really want to get back to using the app, right? Right. Well, the new changes, which I'll cover here next, were scheduled to be rolled out on February 8th. And if you didn't agree, you wouldn't be able to use your WhatsApp account. After severe backlash, Facebook and WhatsApp has moved the rollout to May 15th. So they just postponed it for three months. I smell something fishy. Now let me tell you about the new changes that are coming. WhatsApp will share your personal information and data with Facebook. Who says that this change is mainly to improve advertising related revenue channels? Huh, that's interesting. They want to make more money. Hmm. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, Facebook will now get your data, including your address book. Hmm. You see, your address book or your contacts gives an overview of who your family is, who your friends are, who you're working with, who your customers are, basically your life. Not only will WhatsApp be sharing that data, they will also be sharing the following, who you're communicating with, how often you're messaging them, at what time of day you chat. Now, you may be saying, Lisa, WhatsApp is encrypted so they can't see my messages. Yes, that is correct. At least, that's what we've been told. However, what you may not realize is that even without access to your encrypted messages, someone like me, or actually someone like Facebook, can take that data, combine it with the existing Facebook data they already have, so even if you don't have an account with Facebook, the odds are that someone in your family one of your friends or your business partners might. So if you take all that data and aggregate it and then throw it in a powerful database or use some AI programs, which are incredibly powerful, I or Facebook can get a really accurate understanding of your life, including your political and religious leanings, your interests, and one of the most scary things your habits. Wow. Now you may say, well, I just won't give them access to my address book. There's only two ways you can do that. One, you'll have to not use the service because even right now it is required to use their service. They already have access to all the contacts in your address book, except right now it's all stored on WhatsApp servers instead of Facebook's. At least that's what they say. And as of right now, Facebook is not able to access the data on the WhatsApp server, which is why the change in the uh, terms and conditions. The other way 
that you wouldn't give them access to your address book is to have a phone that has no contacts in it. And who's gonna do that, right? Right. So as of right now, WhatsApp doesn't share what's on their servers with Facebook, even though Facebook owns them. However, that is going to change. Facebook needs that data to feed the beast that it is. Now, when the news of this broke, millions of users, and I mean like over 10 million people, deleted WhatsApp. Now, I deleted their app in 2019, and I will never go back. Many who want the privacy of an encrypted chat app have moved to Signal or Telegram, and I'm gonna do a deep dive into those next week. I will say that I don't think your kids need an encrypted chat app. It's just asking for trouble. However, as an adult, if you want one, please do not use WhatsApp. Facebook has gone full on into damage mode and damage control, and they've tried to spin their new terms and conditions as misinformation, which I find rather interesting. All you had to do is read the terms and conditions and you can see in those changes how your data is going to be stored, used, and shared. Now, for Facebook to come out and label those changes, which is really an invasion into your privacy, into your private data, as misinformation is actually incredible to me. And it kind of makes me shake my head and go, I don't know if they just think we're all stupid or if we're just all zoned out, or if some of us just like have no logical thinking capability in our brains. I'm not sure, but I've just come to the thing that Facebook is evil. So I would not use WhatsApp, just not. One last thing on this before we move on to a different topic. If you are using this and you are a business, you should definitely move to something else. These new terms will be putting you and your business at risk. Your highly sensitive data needs to be strongly protected in order to prevent significant damages and costs from a business, customer, legal, compliance, and competitive perspective. You don't want um, a competitor to get your data, and you certainly don't want to be sued by a customer if Facebook has a breach and their data is now out in the wild, wild west of the internet. Once this data genie is out, there's no turning back, folks. I'm just going to tell you. WhatsApp and Facebook will only increase what they access and with whom and how they share your data. If you don't take action now, I'm just letting you know you're taking the risk that confidential data of your employees, customers, and partners will be used for unintended purposes by Facebook and WhatsApp. Please don't be lulled into a false sense of security just because they postponed rolling out the change for three months. If I were you, I would make your move now. Oh, and if your kids are using this, get rid of it stat. All right, last up, let's talk about only fans. First, let me say that you do not want your kids to have this. If, if you see it, get rid of it. OnlyFans is an 18 and older subscription website where users make money by sharing photos or videos with their followers. This site is popular with Instagram influencers and artists. 
There are also some popular musicians like Cardi B, Rico Nasty, Casanova, and others on here. If you've got tweens and teens, they most likely know who those people are, even though you may not. There are also food and fashion bloggers trying to monetize their work on OnlyFans. And to top it off, Michael Jordan, yes, the NBA legend, said in November that he was going to start an OnlyFans page. So it sounds intriguing, doesn't it? The problem is that OnlyFans is most known for adult entertainment and pornography. The site has an 18 and older age policy and users must complete a photo identification process to confirm their age with a photo ID, like their driver's license, and a matching selfie photo. Now, I, I will say this is better than like all the other social media platforms because they don't make you verify by your age at all. However, the reason OnlyFans have you do this is because their site has more adult content. And when I say adult content, I mean soft pornography and actual pornography. And they don't want to be sued by a parent. But you know how kids are? Um, they're like wicked smart and tech savvy. And they are finding ways around this. I mean, seriously, all they need is a photo editing app and some time, and it's not that difficult. I know for sure my 15-year-old daughter could pull this off. Now, the main deterrent right now for kids accessing the platform more is that you have to enter a valid credit card or debit card in order to access the paid content. If you have a 16 or 15-year-old that has their own checking account and a debit card, well, guess what? That's not a showstopper for them. They can get in. I have also seen some YouTube tutorial videos that show kids hacks how they can get OnlyFans content for free. Now look, OnlyFans is not an app, at least not yet. Like I said before, it is a website, but kids can pull up the site on their mobile phones. So if you've got any type of parental monitoring uh, tool set up or if you're using screen time, you may want to block this site. It's OnlyFans.com. Now, here are just a few of the news headlines about OnlyFans. From the New York Times, OnlyFans, where subscribers pay models and social media influencers a fee, generally $5 to $20 a month, to view a feed of imagery too racy for Instagram. Very interesting, right? So here's what The Guardian had to say about OnlyFans. The site, which has boomed in popularity in the past year, is technically open to anyone, from personal trainers to artists and cooks, but it's best known for one thing, nudes. Ouch, I don't think I want my kids on that. And then this one from the Daily Mail, which I was just shocked when I read this one. Here we go. Christian OnlyFans model who rakes in $200,000 a month insists that religion does not interfere with stripping her clothes off for money and says her equally devout parents are so proud. Whoo, well, I mean, I guess $200,000 a month for stripping, I guess you could be so proud. I know I personally would not, but each to his own, right? Okay, so while celebrities who aren't posing in racy attire or nudes 
are now jumping on board because they see the cash cow opportunity. There is, however, one former Disney star, Bella Thorne, who made a million dollars on her first day on OnlyFans by posting almost nude. So, while your kids may want to be on there to get a more personal look at their favorite celebrities and see more personal content by them, you know, like Michael Jordan, OnlyFans honestly is full of pornography. And there is no way not to see it and it's easy to find. My suggestion is block it on your kids' phones. If you have filtering at home, block it from your home computers as well. Well, that wraps up another show. And until next week, remember, parenting in today's digital world is challenging and difficult, but you can do this. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free Cyber Alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.